This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Closing things out here on Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak, alongside Steve Geller. As always, you got back from Tampa safe. Uh, the long flight. How long does it take you to get from here to Tampa in the air? An hour. It was really short. Unfortunately, it wasn't a very inspiring flight home. And even worse was, I thought, the bus ride to the airport, you know, getting after the stadium, you hit the bus and it was just, I don't want to even say deathly quiet. It was just eerily quiet. And you just felt this sense of nobody wanted to say anything or even knew what to say after going through that loss. Yeah, the team just died. So <laughs> you guys want to see a dead body? They got a bunch of buses, and I'm bus five, and Mickey Loomis is on our bus, and he sits in the front seat, so I'm like climbing onto the bus after the game, and I look up and see Mickey, and it's just like, I don't know what to say to you. I'm sorry I even looked your way, but yeah, it's, it's just an awkward shuffle to the back of the bus then. So I, I have a funny travel story for Atlanta, which uh, I went to Atlanta for the SEC championship, and so it's about an hour and a half flight, and we get up there. And it's like 10 minutes before we depart. And we're supposed to leave at like at like 10. And they're like, just kidding. Your flight is delayed until 1.45. It was a three and a half hour delay for an hour and a half flight. And my only theory is that they forgot to send the plane. Because <laughs> oh, I thought you were sitting on the plane and they told you that. No, no, we were sitting in the airport. Like if they had told us we were delayed three hours earlier, I would have just waited to go to the airport. But no, instead I'm at right. the airport for six hours, which is yeah. like, what do you do when you're at the airport for six hours? You get drunk in the morning. So that's what I did. But the funny thing is they sent everyone as an apology, a meal voucher. How much do you think this meal voucher was for, Steve? Uh, I'll say 15 bucks. <laughs> nope. $7. Ooh, wow. Uh, Big spender. Completely random number. Like, make it 10. Like, round, like, why seven? That is stupid. Second of all, that's not a meal at the airport. That's a bottle of water and gum. Yeah. And you're going to have to cover the difference (laughs) yourself. Seven dollars. It's like, don't send me anything at all. I wish there was an option. Like, wish there was a button where I could, you know, do that thing from waiting, which is like, no, you you need this more than I do, (laughs) you know? Right. You keep this. Too bad there wasn't a casino, I guess, in the Atlanta airport. You could have just let it ride. Oh, this was in New Orleans. This is on the way oh, okay. to Atlanta. I got you. Yeah, duh. Oh, and like not only was it a voucher that I that I had to go up there, and like they had a QR code on it, but the airport was not able to scan it. So I had to type in the card number and the expiration date. It was like going through this process is not worth $7, but I got like a bag of Chex Mix and a bottle of water and I had to spend... 83 cents of my own money because I couldn't cover that with with $7. Anyway, that's my travel story. Yeah, man. Airports are like stadiums. The prices there are totally inflated. Insane. Except Atlanta, where the prices are very reasonable. And I wish I could just go to Atlanta to go to the games and eat. It's the only place I've ever gone where they give you Chick-fil-A after the games. The media area for the uh, in Atlanta is quite enjoyable. No hate on there for the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Not a gorgeous stadium. It's a palace. But all right. So, yeah, we, we kind of went off the rails there a little bit. But, yeah, so the, the last <laughs> one we're going to talk about is this is a team that objectively should be 
should be considering everything. And that's, I think, what's frustrating me is you're not seeing that. You know, that like the 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 keep doing what you're doing meme, which I don't even know if it's technically a meme. It's just it's just a ridiculous thing to say after your quarterback throws back to back pick sixes to effectively lose a game. But that's like what effectively what Dennis Allen said again after or on Monday when we talked to him and he was asked about, you know, how does he feel about the offense? How do you feel about potential coaching changes? And here, here's what he said. You look at that game, we're sitting at 5.3 yards per play there at 4.7. You know, like we're, we're moving the ball. We're doing some good things offensively. Uh, but yet we have a couple opportunities to make some plays. We don't make them. And then situationally, we've got we've to gotta be better. Look, I've got confidence in, in, in our offense. I've got confidence in, in what we're doing. I think we just, ha- we just have to be more consistent in what we're doing. Are you considering any major changes, like changes to the coaching staff or anything like that going forward? No, I don't see any dramatic changes, uh, you know, happening. Um, you know, when you're sitting in, in, in uh, really going into week 14, we've played 13 weeks. Um, and we're going into our 14th game. Um, I don't think any drastic changes are, are you know, what's going to fix, um, you know, the win-loss column. I think our execution, I think us as coaches, players, everybody, I think we've all got to uh, just keep grinding and working to improve. Just yeah. keep grinding. So there are a few things that frustrate me there, which is you need to be more consistent in what you're doing. First of all, like yeah. one of my biggest gripes about this team is that it's been remarkably consistent <laughs> and it's not a good thing. Like they're, they're, the consistency is there. This is not a team that I watch every week and see these drastic swings in efficiency. It's the same thing. It is the same picture every week. And you look at from an offensive perspective this week, their defense actually did its job. It got takeaways. You should have, no question, had 20 points minimum on the board. And instead, you were sitting on 16, which was, you know, one point too few against a team that was going to put up two touchdowns in the final three minutes of that game. So, like, that's, to me, that that's the frustrating part. It's like, why aren't all options on the table? Why isn't Jameis Winston in at quarterback? Like, why are we riding this out with Andy Dalton and Pete Carmichael as the play caller? Like, this is a failed experiment and, and, and writing it out is the problem when things go this poorly. Like I don't, I'm not advocating to fire the coach. I'm probably one of the few people in this entire city who's not advocating to fire the coach, but I do want to see the decks cleared. I want to see you exhaust the options available to you. I want to see Ronald Curry get a chance to call the plays, right? And and I kind of jumped the gun there, but you know, I, I want to hear. So, what would you change? So, Dennis Allen says no drastic coaching changes, right? What would you change if you were the head coach? Is this just coaches or also personnel? Anything you want. Well, it would have definitely started with giving Jameis a shot, but I will say I don't think Dalton was the problem. Was he was out of all the big mess of that was in that Tampa game. Andy Dalton was not the issue at all. No, I agree. And he's had, you know, there's this like ever-growing fraternity of Saints players who have had balls bounce off their helmets and Chris Olave joined it this week, right? That's not his fault. I'm not pinning this on Andy Dalton, but I want to see everything. Like, I want to see what Jameis has because you're going to go into the offseason and have to answer that question. 
And right now you don't know what the answer is. And that's unacceptable. I sound and like Gary Seinfeld. One thing I've been so impressed with is honestly, really, the, the teammate that Jameis Winston is. Yeah. If you could if you see him on the I sideline, agree. he's constantly like if there's a penalty on the offensive line, he's going up to the guys, shake it off. We got this. Move on to the next play kind of thing. A rough series for Andy Dalton. He's over there with the tablet talking with him. And you can just tell he really is a team guy and cares. And I don't want to say I didn't think about – I didn't think he was a guy like that, but I just didn't expect him to be on this kind of level, the level where basically he had his starting job stripped for him and is still is still so active and cares when clearly the team or the higher ups that be really don't seem to care. And we've talked no, about yeah, it. Where I think it's not an James injury right now. With a certain reputation, whether it was earned or not, just based on what you knew from him as an opponent, as a Saints fan, right? You watched him go in and he, you know, pushed Marsha on the back of the head and do all this right. kind of malarkey and you know i think i don't know if he was as mature as he is now when he was in tampa but yeah i mean yeah, i had a problem with his legal issues that he had in his past yeah, i yeah, had a problem yeah, with right, that right and and if you had any question about whether this guy was team first or you know whether he was going to support his teammates or anything like that that those questions are gone i mean I want him to be more angry. Like, <laughs> I wish he was he was more vocal about, like, what the hell, guys? Yeah, like waving, like, hello, too. Yeah, I'd be furious. And that's why right. I guess it surprises me, too, right. the fact that he is so easygoing, at least in that aspect, where he can say, all right, for the good of the team, I'm going to do my part here, no matter if I think I should be starting or not. Well, especially because... It would be hard. It would be difficult to manage mentally and emotionally if the team was doing well and you weren't a part of it. When the team is doing badly and you're not even on the tape, like you're not even an option, that's got to be infuriating. 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 <laughs> they have won four games this season. You have 25% of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like. Wow. They have the exact same win percentage, Andy Dolan and Jameis Winston. And it's just like I, I would be furious. But but like like you mentioned, and it's a really good point. Like Jameis, you see him on the sideline. Like you see him like up on up on the sideline, like hyping everybody up. And it's like he doesn't yeah. have to do that. You know, like like he's not and he's not putting on a show. Like that's just who he is. And you have to give him credit for that. But I don't know if you get answered the question. What would you change from a coaching perspective and from a personal perspective? No, it's definitely and I, I mean he was on my duds a few times this year when we did that. Is Pete Carmichael Jr.'s play calling? I think there needs to be some kind of change there. And I, I you know, we saw it, you know, a lot of question marks this past game. Just we, you know, we talked about it before drawing things up for Marquez Callaway on that play. Uh, not running the football. I've had issues with, you know, Taysom not being used enough. It's really aggravating, plus the fact that you know already going into this year that he really didn't want this job. And right now, I don't want him to have this job. And I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think that it was the right move for that continuity to stick around with this team. I was really hoping that the offense would go another direction when Dennis Allen took over. And I haven't seen that Sean Payton playbook all year long. Uh, there's been that bright spot of Chris Olave, thankfully, as the rookie receiver. But he even joined the drop party 
I guess you could say a few times this year, but it really hurt this past game. And it's just been a mishmash of frustrating. And the defense to me has definitely been a more consistent asset this year than the offense. And I think that's obvious. And we have to continue to battle as a team. We have to stick together. You know, we can't let anything divide us. You know, we have to continue to, to battle, and that's what's going to take. And you know, that's what we're going to do as a team. And we're going to sit together. And we're going to continue to fight and you know throw punches until it's all over. That's another bright spot too. Yes, that was Rashid Shahid. And so that there, there are a couple changes I would make. Right? You you mentioned Pete Carmichael, and I think you might be frozen. Now you're back. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned Pete Carmichael, and so. I think what you need to do as a team is you need to find out what's salvageable, right? And that's 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 my issue with not changing anything because we already know what everything looks like the way things have been running. I want to see what things look like in different formats, right? And so I get it. Like, you don't want to make crazy changes, but, you know, for example, what does Pete Carmichael look like as the offensive coordinator who doesn't call plays, right? Like, if he can focus more on that the way he had his entire career. And then you deputize Ronald Curry and say, hey, Ronald, you're going to call the plays for this game. He's a quarterback's coach. And he called plays in the preseason. You know, what does that look like? How does that operate? Does that, does, do things go more smoothly? Do you, get a, do you get a better picture of the offense with two minds looking at it and one guy calling the plays and one guy installing a, a majority of the game plan? You know, I'd like to see something like that. And beyond that, I want to see Rashid Shahid get featured, which he, he did a good bit in this game and he, and he delivered. Right. And I want to see that. That's what I want to see more and more. I want to see Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave because I think they are the future of this offense at the wide receiver position. And so I want to see you, you make sure that those two are featured in your, in your game plans as much as possible as you go forward. Because if you're looking for a bright spot on offense, those are the two offensive skill position playmakers that you feel like, okay, we can build around this. Because Rashid has been incredible. And every week he does a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, you know, you look at his, like, build and his and his range. You know, one of the issues with Deontay Hardy was, yes, he was an elite returner, but at 5'6", you're very limited in what you can do out, out in the offense, right? Like, you can create separation, but you can only create it in certain ways. You can't go up for a jump ball and – like the the skill set that Rashid has and the ability to to extend the field and to make everyone have to account for him, uh, that's elite. And so I want to see those two guys get featured. Those are the changes I would make. Doesn't sound like that's going to happen. It sounds like Dennis Allen wants the consistency, and I don't think that when you're four and nine, consistency is what you should be seeking. You should be looking to shake things up and find a combination that works. And if there's one thing that frustrates me about this season more than anything else, it's that it is zero innovation, zero creativity, an unwillingness to change how you are operating in stride and find a combination that works. And it's, I think, I don't think we're going to see a change, but that's what I would like to see. Yeah. You mentioned uh, before with Dennis Allen and that when we played the audio too, what, what consistency do you want from this team? What what exactly is the positive consistency that you can glean from anything that's happened this season, except when you've played some lowly teams like the Rams or the Raiders? Uh, surprisingly, the Seahawks have really upped their game since they came to the Superdome because they're a, they're, they seem to be a shell of the team that was in New Orleans, what was that, week three or four? Yeah, it was week five. They were, they were okay. three and four at that. No, they were two and three in that point. They might have been three and two. I can't remember, but they're seven and five now. So they're not they're not running away with it. 
No. Right? I don't think they're a great team. They beat the Rams this week. They got pushed by the John Walford Rams. So I'm not I'm not anointing the Seahawks as anything special. I think the 49ers are going to win that division with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Or, yeah, but you look, you look at any other decent team this year that they've played, and there's been no positive consistency that, that you want to you know, continue with. Yeah, except the Vikings. The most inexplicable result of the season <laughs> is the Saints – Almost beating the Vikings, who have. When's the last time you saw a ten and two team have a forty to three loss on their record, on their on their season? How crazy is that? Yeah, I don't know what the heck. I know uh, what you call Jefferson was dealing with a slight turf toe issue. I don't know if he was fully healthy that game, but one player is not going to contribute to it being blown out. Sure, I just think it's it's just kind of wild when you you look at a team that they have won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine of ten games, and that one loss is forty to three at home. <laughs> this season is so weird. No, that's and that's unbelievable because, yeah, the Saints were totally in that game, obviously against Minnesota, and you had they were ahead twenty-two to nineteen. <laughs> yeah, they could have won that. Five minutes left in the fourth quarter, they were ahead twenty-two to nineteen. I was going to say, sounds familiar. Where they they blow a lead late, right? Right. That's that's one thing I, I will say. I, you know, I said all the the defense has been, you know, pretty consistent this year, but they have been consistently bad in late game situations. Yeah, the only meaningful change that has happened in season is the one that I wish didn't, or at least the one that I wish he would not be so committed to, and that is Andy Dalton taking over for Jameis Winston. <laughs> that's the only point in the season where I look at Dennis Allen and be like, wow, at least he he was firm on this. <laughs> But he wasn't and, in the beginning. It was so awkward, too, when it was like, oh, I still remember standing there in London going, he'll be back tomorrow. And then tomorrow came around and there was no Jameis Winston. It's a, it's a mess. But, yeah, that's that's kind of all I got. Uh, like, I would – I'm hoping that over the course of the bye week – so this – Dennis Allen talked on Monday. Yeah. And he said what he said. I'm hopeful that the Saints' powers that be kind of pull DA aside and say – Hey man, we're four and nine. If we're consistent, we're gonna finish five and twelve. <laughs> Let's make some change. Where can we change things? Where can we shake things up and try to and try to find some positive consistency? Not negative consistency. Yeah. Positive consistency. Because just saying keep doing what you're doing is a problem. It was a problem in Arizona on Thursday night football, and it's a problem. On Tuesday morning, I think I've said Monday a few times, we talked to him Tuesday morning after you have effectively ended your season in Tampa Bay by by being very consistent and doing exactly what you've been doing all year long. That's what I need to see done differently. And hopefully that's that's the messaging that's coming down from the top. Because again, I am one of the few people that is not like actively saying fire Dennis Allen, but I need to see that there are gears turning and like that this is not just an accepted thing like oh yeah well well we were we were a few plays away yeah well there's a reason you were a few plays away it's not just randomness it is not just bad luck you you have made your bed and it's time to it's time to throw the covers off and see what's under there now, <laughs> cuz i'm tired of laying the, in it talking about the consistency too you know you go back to week 5 that win in seattle that started the whole win one lose two Win one, lose two, win one, lose two. So the next game, that means Atlanta is going to be a win, baby. Yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose to Cleveland and 
eat and Philadelphia, Philadelphia and then come back and, beat and then they're going to beat yeah. Carolina. So they will go the entire season without winning back-to-back games. Odds on, that's what's going to happen. Anyway, all right. Yeah, it, it, it feels, honestly, I mean, if you had to guesstimate right now, how do you think they'll do in the last two games? I, I'd give them the benefit of the doubt and say they win two of the four. Well, the Eagles and the and the Panthers, I'm sorry, the, the Falcons and the Panthers don't want to win. Right, so, exactly. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And they have first-round picks. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Desmond Ritter in that game. I've been waiting for that. I'm surprised Atlanta hasn't pulled the trigger yet. Atlanta is is just as absurdly committed to to Marcus Mariota as the Saints are to Andy Dalton. <laughs> they, they've both done exactly the same thing in terms of like, yeah, we knew who these guys were, and you're just showing us again. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Atlanta. I'm just wondering if that's something where it's from the GM or from the coach just saying, yeah, they're they're sticking with with Marcus Mariota instead of moving on to the rookie. It, you would think they would want to get him his feet a little wet this year i mean think about it this way i think they're in a very similar situation to where the saints were last year with the in book who <laughs> but you know what i mean like so 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 writer is a third round pick book was a fourth round pick but no one at the end of the season was like yeah you should play ian book over Taysom hill you know what right. i mean yeah. And and there were good reasons for that. And when you were close to the project, you could see them. Like you and like I I was never like, oh, please put Ian Book in. And then you saw him get in because of the because of the COVID thing. That and was awful. You saw, like, yeah, he's probably not ready. And so I think that's probably where you're at with Desmond Ritter. And you know, if you're covering the team every day, you probably see that a little closer than than we do. You know, it, it's the same thing. It's like you watch a team go down in flames with Marcus Mariota as your quarterback, it probably isn't any stranger than watching a team go down in flames from outside the market with Andy Dalton as your quarterback, right? Like I'm sure they're criticizing the Saints sticking with Andy Dalton the same way we're criticizing the Falcons for sticking with Marcus Mariota. So, hey, you know, here we are. Anyway. Yeah, with the Saints situation too, it'll be interesting just for the fact that it's over, Rock. There's nothing to – I don't I don't know what you're playing for. Do you give – Jameis the playing time do you so I, I don't know because do I got to imagine that Winston won't be back on this roster next well, year. so here's the thing and this is what I'm bugs me and I want to have an entire segment about this later in the season assuming that nothing changes I think the reason you're sticking with Andy Dalton right now is because you fully intend to stick with him next season I agree I totally agree and so for example you bench him now and Jameis comes out and balls and wins wins four games right then you get into the offseason, all of a sudden you have a quarterback competition or at least you have a very awkward decision to make Okay. because Dennis Allen wants Andy Dalton as his quarterback. And so that's why you're sticking with him now, and that's maddening. But maddening. I, I see Andy as the bridge guy. I, I don't think – even if they get in the young quarterback, he's your bridge guy. I just don't – I look at the free agent market. It makes my I don't temples hurt. Gonna, I don't think they're going to be a player in the free agent market, so I do think they'll bring in the young guy. No, and Jimmy and, Garoppolo, the guy you probably would have been interested in signing, now he has a broken leg or broken foot. Like, so he's not going to be a guy who you can trust in the offseason. Well, he'll fit in just great down here. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He'll start, he'll play three games, and then he'll get, and then we'll be back to Andy Dolan. Or no, who's the who's the other quarterback he can bring? Matt Ryan. That's what's going to happen. Oh, they're going to sign Matt no, Ryan no, and no. Jimmy Garoppolo. And then after three weeks, they're going to bench Jimmy Garoppolo for Matt Ryan. And then Matt Ryan's going to play the rest of the season. <laughs> you heard it I here quit. first. I, I wonder if Ryan's coming back because he looked abysmal last game. 
Yeah, he's he's rough. Okay, we've 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 yammered on enough. This is Inside Black and Gold. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. Hit the subscribe button. This, so this is going to be our second episode of the week. This is going to be a two episode week for us because we are on by just like the Saints are. We're going to be back to our normal schedule on Monday. It will not be a post game edition. So we'll have to get creative with what we want to talk about. What bourbon but, did you drink on the bye week? Yes, yes, yes. Let's talk about anything but the Saints. Let's let's have like a special Green Wave episode. Maybe we can just do like a Pelicans episode just to just to talk about something nice for a change. A team that's by then might be the number one team in the Western Conference. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's what we'll do. They got two big matchups coming up against the uh, Phoenix Suns, which, yeah, that's going to be right. huge, obviously. Right. So they're, they're one game behind the Suns for the top record. So if they win both those games, they're going to be in number one in the Western Conference. Yeah, this is the Pelicans pod now. Get used to it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Lock out. <laughs> Lock out. Nice. Bye.